Well, I'm with uh, a man who's had uh, quite a good time of it since joining Norwich City, Kieran Scott, that is Norwich City's uh, head of recruitment. Kieran, thanks so much for joining us. No problem. Uh, got quite a lot to get through, of course, because it's been uh, quite a phenomenal time. But um, what, first of all, I mean, phenomenal season, of course, this year. What personal satisfaction do you take from what's happened here in the last two years or so? Yeah, obviously, I take great satisfaction from, from what's gone on. Um, certainly leading a recruitment department, we've um, made a contribution that obviously hasn't gone unnoticed. So it's been, it's been a great season. Has indeed. Uh, has it been a surprise to you? I've asked that question of a few people and they keep sort of saying, well, a little bit, but, you know, we, we, we backed what we've done. So yeah. why, why would it be? But I think that's the standard answer. I think you've always got to back what you do. Um, has it been a surprise? I expected us to be a lot better. Uh, we'd recruited players that we felt the manager wanted uh, and could get, you know, more out of, etc. So we always felt that it was going to be better. Did I expect to sit at the top of the league? I'd probably be lying if I said yes. But I'm not, you know, I'm not disappointed to see it. But no, it, it, it's a little surprise, but not, not a major surprise. I mean, that must be a phenomenal backing for, for, for what you've done. And as again, that satisfaction of seeing it work out like that, because it's not necessarily just the recruitment, is it? It's then how those tools are, are used and them actually being used the way you kind of hope they would be. Yeah, 100%. I think, obviously, we've had a lot of credit as recruitment, but, you know, Stuart had to back the players that I brought to the table. They weren't the easiest players to back you look even if you look at Emi Buendia you, you see the end product now of a, a fantastic player but when we were watching him at Leonessa he was a little bit overweight you know, five foot seven had a little bit of a temper could be a little bit <laughs> still got a little bit of a temper yeah <laughs> but that's his edge and that's what makes him for me such an exciting player but there was a million reasons to say no but but Stuart backed me and, and the guys uh, on it and then Daniel's been brave enough to play him again there's a lot of reasons not to play him he had a little stop start at the start of the season. He had an injury, so he didn't quite get the pre-season that he wanted. But Daniel still backed him and played him. So all three cogs had to work for, for that to be a success. Fantastic. We'll come on to uh, Emi Buendia again in a moment, if we may. But um, everyone watching, me, wants to know what the secret um, is of this phenomenal recruitment success. So, so Kieran, what's the secret? Yeah, uh, if I could box it, I could probably sell it, I guess. Um, <laughs> I think it's just it's hard work having the right people knowing exactly what they're looking for um, and then like I say having the right people above me that backed what we did uh, I'm never going to go away from saying it was just it's just hard work we, we've watched thousands of games of football been to thousands of games travelled all over the many countries and, and we've reaped the rewards from that um, we were also talking before we started recording let's be honest you don't really want to say the secret do you because as, as you would know you want to keep track of what people are doing and, and likewise that Norwich's success is built on something that you don't want people you can have them admiring yeah. and respecting it but you probably don't want them copying it no I think you know I try and keep we, listen like all clubs we, we probably do a couple of little things that might be a bit different I would like to keep them in the house for now <laughs> I don't want to be at the next Leonessa game sat next to four or five different clubs that weren't there last time so obviously we'd like to keep that one in That's yeah, fair enough. Well, we'll let you have that one don't worry I don't want to get blamed for screwing up the recruitment process um, <laughs> let's get on to Emmy then the recruitment story has kind of been told as you said you went yeah, to Leonessa to watch him and, and there was kind of there was no one there and, and uh, lots of people still probably now wondering how you got a player like that for 1.5 million but I guess you've kind of you've, you've maybe given a little insight there into the fact that you know what we see now wasn't exactly the player that you were watching in La Liga or La Liga 2 last season yeah I, I think there were reasons not, not to take Emmy, and I can see why some clubs maybe you know decided to say no you know I felt knowing that you know our head coach is very good at getting getting another 20% out of players which he's done all season 
you know, I, I knew, you know, with our strength and conditioning department, we'd be able to trim him off. I knew the dietary would get him better. I knew everything would. I said to Stuart, I think there's another 25% in there, and I think we could get that. And, and I think we have probably maybe had a little bit more than 25%, <laughs> which is fantastic. It, absolutely. But that also underlines, I guess, that a head coach and first team group uh, having their own players to work with. I mean, because it, it, you could say as hard as last season was in a lot of ways, you know, maybe they could have done better with some of the talent that they had at their disposal I guess it must be a different dynamic with the players who you know will fit into how someone wants to do things yeah I just think it was uh, it was it just needed a, a freshening up I think just some of the guys that were here previously you know no disrespect to them I just think the time had come to move on for everybody and I think Daniel inherited and I said a bad group of players I just think he inherited a group that were you had know, come out of the Premier League were on you know high level money uh, still on high level money and we needed young and hungry and you know a group that wanted to really take the club on and I just don't think the group that were there were, were going to do that to be honest With, with, with Emi again because uh, you, you mentioned there was no one there watching him have, have people come up to you since saying or have they, they told you why they weren't there or? Uh, I'll, I'll be fair between Timu and Emi the amount of scouts that have said to me yeah we were close to taking him etc you know <laughs> I, I, many have um, Listen, there were there were people there, but it was predominantly Spanish clubs that were there. Whenever I was there, I never saw an English club there. I've read a lot about the Leeds link with with the owner having a link to Leonessa. Uh, you know, the boy in fairness was on loan from Getafe there, so you know I'm not trying to bow anyone out there, but it wasn't as clear cut as that. I think that, I think they just decided that he, he wasn't for them. Yeah. Simple as that. So it's been quite quite busy with people coming up to you and sort of asking how you did things and things. No, like that. a lot of people come up to you and tell me they were going to do the same things, but never did. I don't know. Well, that, that probably is satisfying <laughs> as well. I'm sure. Um, I mean, also, you, you did effectively sign him in the January, didn't you? So, um, and it's noticeable, I think, that Norwich have done business quite early to make sure that they're there, which shows, I think, a, a degree of, of long term planning and how yeah. they've done things. How how long is that? How, how long was that process with Emmy? But you know, sort of from from first seeing or first being flagged up to then signing him and also how long is it usually I suppose with other players with the Emmy situation he, he was first seen on, on video we do uh, a lot of video work and we scout a lot of countries on video first before we go to the country just for pure budgetary reasons and etc so we watch a lot on video Emmy had got reasonably good reports and then he came up very well on our Opta stats data that we use the two sort of coincided where then I sort of, that's where I step in as my job to then go okay maybe there's there's a, an interesting player here which obviously there was once I'd seen him on video had some clips done and sort of showed him to Stuart straight away and I mean there's there was an air of excitement because mm-hmm. you know Stuart knows what he's looking for as well um, and he could see straight away so obviously we we got out there and the rest is history with him but yeah. uh, sort of from start to finish how that happened in terms of him actually signing in the January. We both knew if we didn't move quick, that could escalate to where there are more clubs there. So we knew that that needed to be done quick or the fear of losing him. Because one thing we didn't have was a, a bucket load of money to pay if Leeds did turn up and started offering more money. We, we would have lost. So um, that was why we did it early. And Stuart was was top draw. He got on the plane, flew straight out, met the guys at Katafi, did the deal. No messing around. And I think that's paid off for everybody in that move. Of course, yeah, just a bit. I mean, I mean, you must be seeing them in action a few times, though. So, I mean, we must be talking, you know, several weeks in terms of the actual process. And, and say with players like Temu and, and as well, it must be like weeks and weeks in advance. Months and months in advance, you know. Uh, Emmy's first uh, report on the system would have been around August yeah. of that season. Okay. Of, so, yeah. Um, I also wonder about Emmy because I you know, could sense the excitement once he'd sort of already signed from people. Not that we quite knew who it was, but we knew there was an excitement. But um, 
it, it, was he one where you really hoped the media wouldn't get wind of it well as you said you need to do it quickly is it is it are the clubs you're worried about or is it the media because obviously we, you know part of our job is kind of uh, rumbling these yeah. these um, these uh, rumors out there i think we were happier that it didn't come out because i think just for the boy he was young he's you know he's 21 when he joined us you know he's a foreign player coming coming over he needed a bit of time to settle without anyone really knowing who he was i actually look back now and wonder if the 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 injury that he got in pre-season actually was a good thing um, just to give him time where people didn't really know what we had um, and then he had his time and, and then obviously once he did get going I think we all saw what was coming but in that period I think he'd settled and his wife had had a, had had a baby as well so he just got that little period to settle so yeah in some respects it's, it's good if you guys can keep off of him for a, for a few months let him settle yeah no promises thank you yeah, um, but in general as well just taking it away from Emmy and, and in other transfers I mean do you, yeah. do you keep an eye out for transfer speculation or do you, do you, do you kind of hope most things go under the radar also do we tend to get them you know, quite late down the track do you reckon yeah you, you, in fairness you, you do um, I've seen a million links that we've had in the press recently and they're not players that, that we've you know even considered so someone's missing something somewhere so no at the minute I would say that you guys are off at the minute <laughs> oh, thanks for that <laughs> cheers Karen. yeah whichever uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah doing you a favour um is there, is there one that you're really proud of in terms of the signings here? I mean, I guess obviously we've spoken a lot about Emmy and, and Timmy too, but... I'm actually, I'll be honest, I'm proud of all of the signings for loads of different reasons. You know, Emmy and, and Timmy quite rightly get the plaudits for, for what they've done, but even the likes of Onel Hernandez has come in again. No one really knew who Onel was. He's come in and done fantastic this season. Daniel got older at the start of the season and I don't know what he give him. But he's just completely changed and has transformed this season into... Every time he goes forward, he looks like something's going to happen. Um, Kenny McLean's joined us. Kenny's been fantastic. He's just been that rock in the middle of the park, doesn't get carried away, does... And then, the, obviously, the goals at Bristol City were vital. Tim's been fantastic, cruel. Uh, Jordan Rhodes, I mean, Jordan's come in, not quite had what we thought. We, I think I wouldn't be out of order to say we thought he'd be the starter and team who would back him up, but it's obviously been the other way. Not one issue from Jordan. He's just got on with it and been fantastic round the place. So proud of all of the, the signings this season, to be honest. Fair play too. Um, is there anyone you regret not getting in? Are there any sort of fishes that slip out? That's a great question. Well, um, too, too many easy questions so far, I see. There was, there was a player that we were very, very close to uh, getting, but he changed his mind, decided to sign somewhere else. And I'm not going to say who, but he since has played for his country at a very high level. Um, he was offered a better deal and went elsewhere but that would be the one but I'm not going to name him for, oh, for obvious reasons I mean that, that must be part, part of the job I suppose you can't dictate that and... no I mean the, the, the offer that he received and the club that he went to it was in his country as well you know it was, it was understandable but he was one that I was particularly gutted about um, but that is part of you can't get all of them as much as you want to you, <laughs> you can't get all of them I'll leave you guys to all figure out and try and work out who it was um, I tell you, I have to ask you this question as well. I mean, there was a suggestion at the weekend that sort of came from somewhere that um, there were two players above Timu in your list for strikers. Was that actually true? Put me on the spot. Yeah, so to be fair, the striker list, is all, that's the one-off list. that It's always a big list. It's a big group of players, and they're the, obviously the hardest players to, to sign. Um, they're easy to identify because they're very obviously out there scoring goals, otherwise you wouldn't be interested. <laughs> so they're very easy to identify. Signing them is a completely different process strikers agents they know they've got a, a, a player that's stocks high because he's scoring they're the last to commit they have 15 clubs that want to sign so 
I wouldn't have said he was down up or anything on this team. He's one that we really liked. He, he was one I particularly really had a strong feeling for just because when I'd watched him in the games, he just found two yards of space there. And I thought, well, you're only going to need half a yard of space here to maybe score us 10 goals. What do I know? He's nearly scored 30. Hopefully, Villa, he does make that 30. But um, no, he wasn't. I wouldn't have said he was down or up the list. He was on the list. Yeah. It's probably a fairer judgment on that one yeah, well, we'll take that most definitely I'm not going to ask you who they were by the way uh, but um, and I guess do they stay on your list it's well we'll talk about the Premier League in a bit of course but you know do, if you miss out on people do you keep them yeah they stay on the list 100% they stay on the list if, if they were good enough to be on it in the first place they don't all of a sudden disappear off of it so no they, they stay on our list we monitor all the players and you know, there are players that were on our list last season that are still there now being heavily watched and monitored. Yeah, there are. Um, tell me how crucial uh, lead recruitment and analyst, I can't say it. So a tough, tough word that uh, Mariella Nisataki, which I hope I've said right, uh, is to this recruitment work here at the football club. Yeah, she's, she's been fantastic for us. Um, she does all the behind the scenes stuff. Um, the clipping, uh, she does all the stats work for us. She puts all the videos together. She's supported well by Lee Dunn, who, who, who works closely with her and you can't put a player into Mariella that she doesn't know that she's done any country anywhere any division she'll go yeah I know that player she's encyclopedia of knowledge and that's, we're talking different level to people who play a lot of football manager aren't we yeah um, <laughs> yeah we are yeah. some people might think well I know lots of players and I play football manager a lot there's knowing players but then there's also knowing where they fit us and where they don't where to be fair to Marietta where she's excelled she being at the club helps she's seen how Daniel works she worked closely with Christian who worked here up until a point so she knows the insides of how they are so she, she's been very clever in how she then identifies players and puts players on our radar so no she's been, been fantastic that's brilliant stuff um the way you do it, as we kind of alluded to at the start, you know, other clubs probably want to start doing it, but they, they don't do it at the moment. And I think we all look at what they do sometimes and go, oh, well, that's an interesting one. I mean, do you scratch your head at the recruitment that some clubs sort of take on or how they go about it? Or can you generally see where they're coming from? Yeah, I, I, th- I think each club has a different situation behind the scenes. Uh, to be fair, none of us are aware of, including myself. There's different pressures. I think um, some clubs do have a lot of money and with that comes an expectance to spend. Uh, I think, you know, there, there, there's clubs, I'm trying not to name any desperately because I don't want any uh, phone calls, but um, <laughs> there are clubs that have, I think, thrown money at situations thinking that's going to solve it and I don't think that's the way, to be fair. But um, yeah, I do scratch my head at some, I must say. <laughs> we, we all do, so that's fair enough. All right, well, let's go on to next season, shall we? Because I know the philosophy, the ideals, they won't change. Everyone will be quite yeah. well, clear on that and absolutely fair enough. But how does the recruitment change? Because, you know, you look at the physicality of the Premier League. It's fewer games, but the, the players all seem stronger and, and well, the fitter's not the right word, but they seem to be more, more capable of, yeah. of doing things almost. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the league's full of the best athletes, the best technical players. Their mentalities are probably strong with that as well. Uh, you are going into an elite league that's well known across the world um, for having the best players in it. So, yeah, the step up will be will be big, but I'm, I'm confident that we have got the players. We know how we play. Sometimes it may come unstuck, but we're never going to be we're never going to turn our backs on how we play and what we do. So I, I don't fear. I'm looking forward to pit, pitting our brains against them, to be honest with you. It must obviously alter the list to a degree or alter who, who and what you're looking for. Yeah, it, it does because I think we, we're we obviously not going to all of a sudden be rich and have loads of money to spend, but we're going to have slightly more than we did last season. So we just got to try and find the players that are on the list that were slightly above where we were before. 
and then we've got to rely on you know the coaching staff doing what they've done this year with with the players and improved them tenfold no pressure guys we've got to do it again <laughs> um, and I'll tell you what how difficult is attitude as, as well because that must be a little bit tricky because it is a there is more money around so you know there, that is does become a bigger factor you imagine and I, always struck me you know I've obviously been in the Premier League for a few years you know pe- people almost go anywhere because they're playing in the Premier League it, it seems like that you know it probably is harder to get them into the championship in some ways but um, that must be a factor in terms of their attitude and, and almost why they're coming here yeah, I mean, it's easier to get players in the Championship than it is in the Premier League when, you know, if we call ourselves in the Premier League, I don't think I'd be unfair to say a bottom 10 team in the Premier League. I don't think that would be unfair for me to say that. To convince players to come here that are going to be good enough to move us out of that top 10 into the next level, one, it takes a lot of finances, but second of all, it, it, you're asking a player to then maybe turn his back on a, a club in Spain that's playing in the Europa League or the Champions League potentially. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough market to find players in. Uh, I bet indeed um, and in terms of judging attitude is that part of the recruitment process for you guys because I guess that, that's hard to maybe get numbers on and, and pin things down like that or is that kind of a more of a question of where Daniel the coaches and Stuart come in yeah I, I, it's, it's always been the, the tough one um, on attitude because you can speak to a million different people and, and what I've found in football quite rightly people don't want to say negative things about people that, that could affect their careers they don't want to be that person which I, I understand so that's a tough one to, um, to find out their attitudes I think we, we look for real subtle signs on the pitch if things are down, are they are they willing to work hard? Are they willing to run? Are they you know when they get subbed, is it arms in the air? Is it bottles getting kicked, or are they walking off the pitch fair? And uh, we always just look for real subtle things, just to see character traits really, and, and see if you know you never really know until you meet the players. And obviously, you don't sometimes meet the players until they walk through this front door. So uh, yeah, it can be a, be a tough one. I know Stuart Webb has already spoken quite a bit about attitude, so that's going to clearly be a factor over this summer. Um, when when did you start formulating your Premier League list or I mean you know you were here a couple of you know almost two years ago did you already have, a, have an angle for it no we, we tend so when we watch a game of football there's always different players to watch in each game so you might have players so I think as a, as a head of recruitment I think my job is to safeguard the club for whatever happens let's say the, the season went the other way and we were terrible and we got relegated I also have to make sure that there's a plan to come out of League One <clears throat> as much as there would be to go, go up so I tend to work on a, on a free league situation wherever I am whatever I do because I think that's my job to do that you'll watch many games and see players we call them A stars within the department because if Shake Monsure wants to come and buy Norwich all of a sudden and says, right guys, here's £500 million who we signing, I think we still have to have a list there as well. I think it's only right to. So, um, you know, we, we, we really started to up the level in terms of Premier League at Christmas. That was when we started to think, right, we do need to think about this because we were playing well, we were winning games, we knew we weren't going to be far off. Could I sit there and say, yes, we're going to, you know, potentially win the league and get promoted? No, but we knew that we needed to start planning and we needed to start getting it in place. I mean, the, the guys and girls watching this will have known um, probably slightly frustrating with all the draws, just putting things off a little bit long because you want to do it as soon as possible. Um, it was all a, part a little of bit of well, <laughs> the fans. It was all part of the plan. Uh, hoodwinked. Was, yeah, well, I was going to say, was there any part of you guys sort of going, "Oh, you know, we can't push the button until we we get to this point"? Or I yeah, mean, that's a difficult absolutely. balance, I'm sure. It's a, that's a really really tough balance. Um, you you are spinning plates. You re, you know genuinely are and. Listen, I wanted the guys to get over the line as quick as possible so that we could do it. But like I say, I thought it just added to the entertainment of a fantastic season that we, we did it then. Well, that's very true. Um, does this level 
the Premier League, does that make it more exciting for you in terms of what you can do now? Because I would imagine personally that it's probably tougher to find players that have immediate Premier League potential that no one knows about or that, you know, bringing those players in would strike me as, as tough. Yeah, but I take a lot of heart in what we did last season. I look at, you know, the players that we've signed. I don't think anyone could say that they aren't potential Premier League players. We just need to do the same again and, and work hard and find the players that we, we found last season. I'm pretty confident that a lot of our squad could play in the Premier League. Uh, players that we've brought to the club, I think, could play in the Premier League. So we just need to keep following that. Because we're not all of a sudden going to go, here's £20 million, let's just go and buy that player. That's, that's not there. That's not going to happen. So... Um, yeah, we've just we've just got to do what we did last season and, and, and do it again and I'm confident we're we're doing that and hopefully same again. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Well I mean is that a benefit from how Norwich have gone about it? You know, that it is probably the best technical side I have seen at play at Carrow Road in terms of how they go about it. Yeah, the, I think the technical level of the guys is is I mean how many comments have we had, how many pundits have said they look like a Premier League team already? Um I would have to agree with that in, in some listen, some teams turned up and stopped us from doing what we do and I don't blame them, they've got to try and win the game as well. When we were allowed to do what we wanted to do in, in some respects, I thought we looked a Premier League team at times, so you um you've also said and I think it was more in terms of how the teams and departments work, that there there's similarities in, in sort of what it was like for you at Wolves, um, which I think you were at Wolves until twenty seventeen, I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah, it's a fraction yeah, earlier, I think. Fraction earlier. So I mean can you <laughs> most will want to obviously follow their lead, but it strikes me that the the financial models of the two clubs are, are so vastly different that it's not really quite like that. Yeah, I must say the Wolves I worked at and that Stuart worked at is not the Wolves of, of today. <laughs> they've turned into a, a really big club and, you know, they've got a, a strong identity in what they're doing and their players are, you know, very high level players. I mean, Ruben Nevers was captain at Porto and he was playing in the uh, championship, you know, so yeah, that was not the walls I worked at, I must admit. Um, so there's been a huge change there, to be honest. I mean, when when you saw what they were doing and, and how they were doing it, I mean, because as you say, Ruben Neves in the in the championship, it was, yeah. it was fairly ridiculous. I think a lot of people thought it was at the time, probably. But it was ridiculous, to be fair. But that was what they chose to do, and 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 credit to them, they got promoted, which we've seen isn't an easy thing to do. Uh, and they've gone into the, the Premier League and, and they've done fantastic there. I mean, I can't remember exactly where they are. They said ninth, eighth, ninth. They've, they've done brilliant. So, you know, like I say, not, not quite the walls I work for. But. And I guess it's interesting how, how differently Norwich and Sheffield United have done it. You know, you look at the Sheffield United's side, it's predominantly homegrown players, and you say they're generally going to cost more money. So, um, and obviously, different style of play in many ways as well. So, it's, it's, it's really interesting that the two almost extremes have managed to uh, achieve success. Yeah, no, they've, they've been brilliant as well. I mean, we, we kept looking at them thinking, are they going to fall away? And then they just haven't. They've just kept coming, they've kept coming. They play a brilliant brand of football of overlapping centre backs that you know get assists and goals, and it's brilliant. They're, they're great to watch as well. They're very direct and, and and powerful, and they're a good side. And ultimately, they deserve to come up as well. So, well, go 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 fishing now. Uh, how many how many do you expect to come in uh, for next season? How, what, what's the sort of ideal? Number because we can see what the squad is now, and we're probably not expecting too many departures in terms of the sort of frontline players. I always think it's hard to put numbers on, to be honest, because you don't quite know what's going to come your way. So to sit here and actually put a, a number on would be very difficult because I think we've got an idea of what we would like, but then we also don't know what could happen, what could come. You know, the one thing that I am aware of 
the, the big clubs really like Norwich and how we play. So there might be opportunities for loans to come our way that might not have been, which you wouldn't say no to because it might be one of their exceptionally high-level youngsters. So I couldn't put a number on it. I've got to be honest with you. It, I don't see sea changes if, if that's what you're looking for. I, I, I see some additions, but I, I certainly don't, don't, couldn't put a number on it. Yeah, fair enough. And in terms of the areas where you're looking, are they the obvious ones? Yeah, I think so. I th- I'll be honest, I have read enough uh, articles to suggest that everyone's on the same page, I think, in terms of positions that we'd be looking at. But I think we've also got to be looking to strengthen where we can anywhere. Um, but we do have some key areas that, that we want to strengthen. And how about key markets as well? Because if we take it just um, out of football for about five seconds, we obviously know there's Brexit going on. And and it struck me, maybe say a few years, we had a, a lot of uh, Ligue 1 players coming in, doing phenomenally well. And it yeah. was seen as a real um, sort of rich vein to tap into. And then it sort of dried up and that was that. And it was almost like it ran out, which of course isn't how it was. But you must be quite conscious of having to spread your net sort of uh, constantly wider that must be really hard to kind of keep on top of yeah I mean the, the the Brexit situation I don't think anyone really knows the answer to so it's really difficult for me to sort of plan in that, that side of things so I think at this present moment we've got an eye on it we talk about it a lot we've had various meetings about what it could mean for the club and for football in general but um, you know we, we're sticking to what we do in the markets that we scout and we're working the way we work for now and, and if anything changes we'll, we'll obviously be on top of that if it happens um How's it been working with Daniel Farker and with Stuart Webber? I, th- I think Daniel's clearly with his, the way he's played youth and, and also the way he's used the tools that he's been given. It's been phenomenal. Yeah. And the way Stuart Webber has kind of led the club, but also, uh, as you kind of alluded to earlier, he, he knows what he's looking for. And I guess he's got a, a very keen eye for a player himself. Yeah, I think uh, Stuart will deep down always be a scout that is something I, I know uh, knowing him well he, he, he loves football he loves watching football matches and it, you know I don't really want to say it on camera for him to hear but he's, he's, a, he's obviously still a very it's good guy it's fine. a good eye but um, no it's actually good to have him in the department in that sense because he, he gets it when you bring an Emmy Buendia to the table he straight away understands it where I maybe have worked for other people that would have just not seen that and that wouldn't have happened but obviously having somebody who understands recruitment and scouting it did happen yeah. <laughs> uh, which I'm thankful for <laughs> yeah, absolutely and yeah and, and Daniel as well I mean it's, it's an interesting one isn't it that possibly I'm definitely not going to pick holes but some of the ones that haven't quite worked out have tended to be some of the homegrown signings is, is that just more coincidence than anything or? yeah I think so I, I, I do I, I genuinely do do think it's just a coincidence I, I, I don't think it's anything more than that um, I mean domestically Tim, I would put down as domestic because he's been here for, for a long time. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I just think that the youngsters that broke through just, just I think they brought the young and hungry and, and maybe the, the, the sort of domestic senior lads were here couldn't keep up with that and, and just fell by the wayside. But there certainly wasn't nothing, nothing in that as far as I'm aware. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, lastly, I mean, we've got to talk about departures and sales because they, they do happen and I guess they probably, generally, they can be sort of ones you predict, but they can also be ones you don't. So how do you... Yeah. How do you sort of prepare for that? If I was to say, look, you are, are you prepared for any member of the squad leaving? Or can you, can you be that definite? All I can do is prepare for the worst. I always hope for the best and prepare for the worst, basically. Um, I don't want to lose any of our youngsters. Um, you want them to stay. You want them to come and fight and be in the Premier League with us, which I'm sure they will. But if somebody decides that crazy money is available for one of them and a the club have to look at it, then, you know... I've got a plan for that because um, I have to you know as, as scouting and recruitment you have to you have to be ready for all sort of situations so yeah we're there we're ready but hopefully I'm not having to activate that list of players to be honest with you I'd rather they 
stay with us well yeah too true I think we'd all agree with that uh, just uh, two very quick ones then um, where do you set the expectations for next season my, my view if anyone cares is that you know Premier League 17th you just try and survive but there is clearly a lot of ambition around this club you can sense it yeah it's, um, it's, a, it's a tough question to answer that one really because I don't really go into any season wanting to be 17th um, I'm much more, you know, as everyone at a club, like you rightly say, has got more ambition to be to be higher than that. But I think if you started the season and someone said he's 17th, I think everyone would take it because I think it's going to be a very, very tough challenge. We've seen what's gone on this season. Fulham has spent a lot of money, gone straight back down. You know, it's not an easy league. We've just got to go in and be what we are. Our identity is strong. We play how we play. Our players need to step up and... Hopefully we can uh, mid-table. No, no pressure. No, I mean, you know, 17th, I'll take it now. No, no problem. And how much are you looking forward to it? Because it, every, you know, the Premier League, it can be tough and fans can you know, get a little bit annoyed that it's not quite as free-flowing and so many wins as the Championship, obviously. But, yeah. I mean, it is still where everyone wants to be, isn't it? Absolutely. We all want to be there, everybody. The fans, the staff, the players, everyone wants to be there. I just think there needs to just be a bit of reality on when we are there. It's going to be hard. It's going to be exceptionally tough and there's going to be some really difficult games where I mean, I've seen even top teams get whacked this season by other clubs. We've, we've just got to stick with it and stick to what we've done this season hopefully carries us into next season and, and we get a bit of momentum yeah I tell you what it must make it an easier sell when there's 5,000 fans going to Wigan and when there's the atmosphere that we've had at Carrow Road this season oh, 100% the club I remember when uh, Arnell come and saw the fans and, and you could tell straight away it struck with him that it's a well supported football club and he could just tell that there's a lot of heart around the city and he definitely wanted to be a part of it it really helped that one um so yeah, absolutely. That was before we discovered Argos. Yes, and uh, his love for Argos. <laughs> I didn't realise there wasn't an Argos in Germany, to be honest. Well, make sure you tell the rest of the German players you want to recruit <laughs> and that'll sort them out. He's going to enjoy Christmas. He, he will, he will indeed. Yeah. Kieran, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Much appreciated. Thank you.